our 13th edition of the Slammer Brothers podcast, and I have to introduce my co-host, my best friend, my brother, Steve Slammer. Steve, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing great, man. Lucky number 13, ready to talk about the goings-on in the world of professional wrestling and and uh, and what's going on in, with you, man. What's going on with me? Well, uh, this past weekend was crazy, so... There is a really legit pro wrestling school that's about an hour away from my house. So um, they have a, a trial class that they want everybody to take before you actually go into the school. And I think it's just a way to show you, hey, this is what you're getting yourself into. So if you don't like, you know, uh, what's going on here, now's your chance to bail. You know, it's, it's kind, of a cool, kind of a cool thing. I'm actually very appreciative of it. And then they have like a beginner, intermediate, and advanced track, I, I believe. Um, so on a whim, I decided to uh, I decided to go out there. Decided to uh, to go and try my luck out there and have a good time. Thank you, Judge Judy Slayer, for following. We really, really appreciate. Hope we Judge uh, Judy Slayer. Judge Woo! Judy Slayer. Thank you for thank you for uh, the follow. Um, yeah, so anyways, I went down there, it was a fun time, the drive, everything, and, uh, let's just say bodybuilding and pro wrestling when you're not ready for that level of cardio is not fun. Um, my first, uh, initial, so basically what we had to do first was, I think it was like three sets of 50 squats, then we had to do about a hundred jumping jacks. We ran around, uh, did two laps. Then we did uh, two sets of 25 push-ups, but the down-up variety, not at your own pace. Uh, my arms and legs felt like jello, and this was beforehand. And then we had to start, you know, just the simple task of, like, putting your hands over your head and side-shuffling around the ring. I was, I was freaking blown up within the first, like, 30 minutes. And then until I really caught my second wind for that next hour, I was just like, Oh my God, am I going to survive? I don't want to be the first guy to quit. And then one person quit. And I was like, well, I could probably be the second person to quit. No one will say anything. But before that could happen, uh, they, they were like, Hey, we're going to do some Irish whip drills. And part of me is like, okay, I got to at least hit the ropes one time before I, before I bail on this. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to push through it. I'm either going to pass out here. I'm going to pass out on the, on the car driving at 65 miles an hour. If I pass out here, I'm more safe anyways. Let's do it, right? So uh, pushed through it, did the Irish whip drills. Um, was, a, was just probably the most fun I've ever had. And then uh, those ropes, bro, they are not comfortable. And you, you're a tall guy like me, right? Like you're 6'4", I'm 6'2". We're both a couple of tall, you know, tall guys. And what I what I found interesting about those ropes was it's like trying to figure out the sweet spot. So they said upper middle back. So you got to grab the rope, you swing, you swing. You, and what they told me that made the most sense was, okay, if you hit that rope, you got to hit it hard. Otherwise, you lose all your momentum and it's just going to make this drill harder. So I was like, okay, I'm going to – I'm so tired. I'm just going to hit this rope as hard as I can each time. But then I noticed like, okay – I either hit it too low, I hit it too high on my back, and then the next day it was just sore. But overall, 
great experience. It was just like a bunch of people like us, really nice, who were all about pro wrestling. I made it through uh, the entire workout, which was good. Um, I did. They they had to break us up into two groups. So the first group did like Irish whip stuff, some basic in ring stuff, and then the other people did like uh, rolling and tumbling, that kind of thing. And what's very interesting, and which I thought was really cool, was you had to do the tumbles with a partner. So you, they lined us up two by two, and what they told us, which is cool, and you know I never thought of that, but it makes the most sense in the world. It's it's like go off your partner's tempo and know you can't cue each other. You have to just kind of feel it and move as one unit because if you really think about it, that's essentially what a pro wrestling match is. So just those little things that they're trying to ingrain in people, I thought that was like a cool way of doing things. Um, I had probably the most fun I've had in a very, very long time, and I'm, I'm going to go back. Um, once I took that first Irish whip, I was like, all right, I'm not an acrobat. I'm never going off that top rope unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was fun. I loved it. Um, going to do it again. So that was, that was a recap of my Saturday. Nice. So uh, when, when did they start teaching you how to do Canadian Destroyers? When, when is that, when, what lesson is that? I think that's probably going to be the third class, right? Because third class? first uh, you got to, I think, what does it go? It goes uh, freaking first you learn how to Irish whip, then you take a bump, then it's like, all right, cool. We're gonna, here's how you do a ladder match, <laughs> right? That's going to be. Did, did, did they let you take a bump? Uh, we didn't take any bumps on the first class. We did a lot of Irish whips, a lot of, uh, those types of things. We did have to, um, you do the pass by and then you flop on your belly to let the guy jump on top. That was about the closest mm -hmm. thing to a bump. And I got to tell you, man, I will, I, what I have to say about the experience, you know, even if I only went one time and then never did it again. It kind of pisses me off now that Pete guys do this to themselves just for really, really bad bookers to misuse them, mistreat them. It's kind of, kind of pisses me off now even more when you see a bad spot on TV. But uh, yeah, that we didn't, uh, we didn't take any bumps that time around, but we did do a lot of up downs, um, a lot of pass by, a lot of, a lot of hitting the ropes on the Irish whips. Um, Luckily, a lot of my uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling training helped with the tumbling and the rolls and things. Because part of me was like, freak, I haven't done a freaking forward roll in like two years. But luckily, instincts kicked in, especially after the first one. I was like, oh, yeah, use your forearm, not your head. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. Those, little, those little tricks, I'm like. So, yeah, it was, it was probably most fun I've had in a long time. I can't wait to go back again. Um, what, what were you going to ask again, Steve? I was just going to make the comment that you, you should be proud of yourself because with one formal professional wrestling school class under your belt, you already have more formal training than half of the old AEW roster. So that's congrats. So <laughs> that, that, that is fantastic, man. That was before AEW started actually hiring professional wrestlers, which is fantastic. Well, I mean, AEW, dude, it's uh, like I said before, and here's, here's something that a lot of people are feeling. Um, Certain executive producers that you are not so high on, um, it feels like they're slowly losing their power and slowly being showed the door. Because the adults are arriving, man. Well, dude, I mean, when you when you see something like, thank you, Seductive Steel, and thank you, Linda Handerfeld. Thank you for tuning in. Whoa! 
Yeah. So, yeah, man. But, uh, like, AEW, the adults have come in. Freaking, I think they're hearing the pops for CM Punk. They're hearing the pops. Even even by just the rumor of uh, – is he, he's going by Brian Daniels is going to be there, right? Well, Brian – that's his actual name. Yeah, Brian, Brian Daniels. Yep. Yeah. Brian Danielson, yep. So, he's actually going to be there. Um, and That's awesome. Yeah, we hear the, you know, I think they hear, yes, yes, yes. They hear the building about to collapse for CM Punk. They see, like, an actual locker room presence in there elevating their card. I can totally see Tony Khan being like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Because he's a smart guy. I mean, he pulled off the deal of a lifetime getting Punk into that arena. So I think there's got to be some kind of plan together. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there was some convincing going on there, but eventually when the number has two commas in it, don't really need to do that much convincing. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, and and let's be real. he's You know he's going to work as much or as little as he wants to. Well, so far, so good. I mean, he's there every week. He's there twice a week, actually. He's there twice a week. He shows up. He gets a pop. But eventually, to to what we said last on the last podcast – we're going to need that, that uh, stare down between him and Darby. It's got to happen. That should be this Wednesday. Yeah, because I think uh, – do you think it's going to happen before or after the, the match with Daniel Garcia? <laughs> it should happen – well, it, uh, let's go with after. Because they, they, seem, they seem to be really interested in, in pushing Garcia, and I think if they do it before, then it just doesn't – it, it doesn't help Garcia out. So let Garcia do his do his stuff, get his shit in, as Brian Cage yeah. would say, and then uh, and then you have the opportunity to to do the, the the confrontation, the stare down, if you will. Oh yeah. So do you think? I'm trying to I'm trying to play fantasy Booker. So do you make it so that Punk shows up, Darby loses concentration, ends up losing losing the match? Then gets nah, heated, I, or do you think he ends up beating Garcia after Garcia has a good showing? Because I don't think, I honestly don't think they're gonna let Garcia win. Like, what is it, seven, eight days no. before, or six days before he fights Punk? No, the 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 distraction, the, the the getting distracted and losing trope is is overdone in WWE, and I don't think that they're gonna go. go that. I, I think this is something you just keep straightforward. Yeah, you get you get the face to face. Whatever obstacles they have to do that particular day, they get through. You get them face to face in the ring. You get the money shot of them staring at each other. You put that on the pay per view poster, and that's got. Hey, I tell you what, I was on the fence about ordering it, especially after they gave us Cage and and Omega for yeah. the Impact title free. Yep. Uh, you got Punk coming back, and you got him taking on Allen. I'm sold. Let's go. Yeah, I, so yeah, I think promotion-wise, they should just make this like a UFC fight. Just literally promote it like an actual sporting event and just go from there. Punk's a sports guy. I think he would like that anyway. So um, I think it's going to – I think that match, dear God, it's – Do you do you put that match on last? <sighs> yeah, you kind of have to because, I mean, that's so, that's what you're selling the match on. But – I, I, I get why you're asking that question because number one, Punk's got ring rust. I wouldn't put it first, like how you were saying, no. put Lashley Goldberg first, like one of those things, just get the pop and then get him out of there. Um, 
I would say you post that match either second or third from last. Give it that Rollins edge spot. Um, and how? But here's the problem: you put that match, like let's say third to last. I don't think the seats. I don't think the arena is still going to be full for the semi and the main event if you do that. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of torn as to where you where you put that match, and I think it all depends on what do they plan to do with Punk next. If it's up in the air, maybe you put maybe you opt to put it last. You've already given us Cage and Omega on free TV. We've seen it. Yeah. Um, now, what I think they're gonna do because they're prone to to rush through things is if you have Punk planning to confront Omega. Then you don't obviously don't put it last. I think you put it second, second to last, third to last. You know, give Punk an opportunity to catch his breath. You let Omega go out there and do his you know twenty-eight minute match, and then you have Punk come. So uh, it all depends on on what they're doing. I wouldn't rush into Punk and Omega personally, but I, I just have this feeling, especially because it's Punk, because they've they've pushed Adam Page to the side, and because it's Chicago. I think there's every re- and and their history of just rushing through things. I think there's every reason in the world to believe that they're going to have, if if not a full blown confrontation, then at least some interaction between Punk and Omega. Yeah, because they're keeping Malachi Black warm for Cody Rhodes, so that one I think they're going to yeah. save for a while. Plus, you got your two badasses. You don't want either one of those guys to lose for a very long time. In the words of the great CM Punk, when he was first talking about. Uh, uh, Brian Daniels, he basically said, keep him as far away from me as possible. Like, yeah. you know, that way we could we could work together down the road and have like a freaking five pay-per-view series, right? Um, I think you either go Kenny Omega, and that would, if, if here's the thing. If you tell me, if, if they go Omega first, I think Omega is on his way out of EVP status. Because the entertainment race industry executive vice producer really doesn't mean that much you can pay your way out of just about any contract in los angeles um Mm -hmm. and i honestly think they would accept a buyout if they still had a roster spot available to them well i i I think that everything i've heard that is that tony khan's kind of a loyal guy Mm -hmm. you know I, i don't think he's gonna go there just yet but i think that eventually it's the it's the old uh, WCW in '99 and 2000 problem. When everyone has creative control, no one has creative control because eventually everyone has to agree to do business. Yeah. So, you know, at, at some point in the future, when it comes time for Punk to, and it'll probably be Omega, um, to decide what's going to go down, somebody's going to have to be the adult in the room. Yeah. That's gonna, and it should be Tony, unless he hires somebody to to handle that, which wouldn't be, it would not be a bad idea. And that was on one of our, uh, uh, one of our little games that we played, where we talked about the fact that they may actually hire somebody mm-hmm. to come in and and be the adult in the room. I would be okay with that, but I think that eventually, I think for now, for now, all is well. It's fun. It's fresh. It's exciting. The sky's the limit. And all they can do from here really is fuck it up anyway. So I'm just going to enjoy it. And if it's if it's filet mignon, great. If it's a car crash, great. Well, I mean, you know, you're like an AEW these days. I'm like an AEW these days. Giannis Antetokounmpo is liking uh, AEW these days. I mean, at least they didn't try and put him through a table like they did with Shaq. 
Yeah, I, I don't think Giannis would would have uh, agreed to that. I don't think the I don't think the Bucks would have agreed to that. <laughs> exactly. That's dude. When you're talking about a player, a franchise player who's got a two hundred million dollar contract, I think two hundred plus million dollar contract, like that's an investment at that point. You do not let a two hundred million dollar investment. I don't care whether it's a building, an airplane, or a basketball player. You do not <laughs> you do not let it leave the hangar. That is for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think everybody in that company has just been stepping their game up lately. Like the AEW program seem a bit more logical these days. And have you noticed how they're kind of putting Omega almost in the back seat, like almost, almost in a way to where the AEW championship is a little less consequential these days. How do you feel about that? Um, you got to give it. A, you got to give it time. They just had the the big shining star of Punk come in, mm-hmm. and that that glow is not ebbed yet. So I I don't know if it's because they're. I mean, they're clearly not not intentionally downgrading it. I mean, Omega is in his program with Cage right now, mm-hmm. um, and it's still you know the the main the main program, even if the punk program is the more popular with the mm-hmm. fans program, but it's still there. It's going to be the last match on the show. I mean, I know I asked, you know, do you put punk last, but you, no, you don't do that. Not out the gate. And, this, and especially with his first match back, you can't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that they're downgrading it necessarily. I just think that all things shrink when compared to the gigantic star that is punk right now. And it's up to them to, to elevate, the championship and the champion back into that level. So how do you do that? Well, that's why I'm asking, are they going to have Punk confront him? Because the moment Punk confronts him after he beats Cage, and spoiler alert, he's beating Christian Cage, um, all of a sudden the AEW title is back up. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. My um, Yeah, my, my opinion on that whole thing is similar to yours. Um, like Kenny Omega is not going to lose to Christian Cage. Um, freaking CM Punk and Christian Cage just had that buddy buddy moment. They're not going to wrestle against one each other. Um, I think, and plus Punk has already stated he wants to elevate the young guys in the locker room. He wants to work with the young, more motivated people. So I really don't think they're going to have him and Omega go at it just yet. What I think they're going to do is have him get the elevate elevate the roster from the middle up i would say or actually darby's more of the upper middle um elevate those guys and then in terms of kenny omega i mean they'll i did do you bring do you bring back hangman page if it's not punk like what do you do with him at this point well i think eventually whenever they get back around to hangman page if 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 Omega is the champion or not, they're going to have to close out their program. So they, they still have that on the back burner. I think if you're going to, I think if you're going to go, you go all in, you know, pun, pun intended there slightly, but you go all in and you just put the title on punk. And, and honestly, I mean, you talked about elevating people, MJF as a, as the main heel as, as what he should be. I think we all agree mm-hmm. him, him in a program with punk for the title. Uh, it elevates MJF back up into that level where he should be. Yeah. You know, if once Malachi Black gets done messing with the Nightmare family, family and you bring him in, that elevates him. If a Bray Wyatt comes in, that elevates him. There, there's, there's all kinds of ways to elevate the talent without having to – and 
Well, I mean, you can rush to putting the title on Punk, or you couldn't, but it all depends. Who are you trying to elevate? Are you trying to elevate the Darby Allens of the world, or are you trying to elevate the MJFs of the world? And I think that there's two different ways to go about doing that. I don't think a match between Punk and MJF does as much for MJF as it does as if Punk is the champion and MJF is challenging for the title. Yeah, I mean, with that, I would have to agree with you in one way where, yeah, it's a title fight. So, yeah, it's got more prestige to it. But part of me feels like Punk, with the amount of pop that he got, I mean, he would definitely elevate the championship. But I don't think he needs the title. I think he's above the AEW championship right now. And I honestly feel like Darby Allen right now is white hot. Because now they're like, okay, why does Punk want to wrestle this guy? Now you got a bunch of people who didn't know who the hell he was, like looking him up and being like, oh, that's why Punk wants to wrestle this guy. This guy's a freaking daredevil. He's crazy. He's, you know, to to quote CM Punk, he's the guy I would have liked when I was 15 years old. Like that. That's what I. That's what I think is there. I don't necessarily think you need to put the title on Punk just yet, but I think once you do. The AEW championship is elevated to the highest level it's been. Well, well, remember, it's not so much about Punk needing the title. Punk doesn't need the title. I think the title needs Punk. Got it. That makes sense. And and I think that if you, I, I don't know how long Punk's deal is for. Like, let's say, I'm, I'm sure it's not just a year, but let's say you have Punk for 12 months. How do you maximize that? I think you maximize that by getting the title on him quickly. So you get through, you know, so now he's wrestling Omega. And then as the, as the, the, the uber popular champion, he could take on a Darby Allen again. He can take on a Jungle Boy, MJF, whoever you want to elevate. And then eventually when somebody does beat him for the title, like, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's Jungle Boy. Yeah. I don't know. Right. When Jungle Boy pins him for the title, <clears throat> That's not the direction that they'll go in, but let's just, you know, fancy, yeah. you know, pie in the sky type stuff, right? Yeah. How much, how much does that mean when, you know, Jungle Boy gets the title and beat Punk for the for the belt? You, you want to talk about elevating him? And I think that even even MJF losing to Punk in a competitive match for the title elevates MJF. Yeah. So it's just, you know, however long they have him for, it's probably not 12, even if it's two years. You know, I don't know how much punk wants to do this for or how much money he's going to have doing it or how much money they're paying him but you know you're gonna he's he's 42 you're only going to have him for a finite amount of time yeah he strikes me as the kind of guy that's not going to decide to be rick flair and, and wrestle for another 20 years starting at 42 so you got to maximize it and i think you got to figure out what's the game plan to get it maximized understand understood 100 percent Speaking of Jungle Boy, uh, how'd you feel about the Jurassic Express tag team match? I thought it was, I, well, first of all, I thought the match was pretty good. I was surprised to see Luchasaurus take the pin. I was actually really, so, so I, when, when we get into this match and I'm like, well, they just had the, the, the Jurassic Express lose to the Bucks for the title. And I'm thinking, well, does it make sense to go with the Lucha Bros, but all right, I'm, I'll take a wait and see approach. And then when they when they start Rampage, the Lucha Bros didn't even get an entrance. They were already in the ring. They did not so get then, an entrance. No. So then, so now here comes the Jurassic Express because of course you got to play Tarzan Boy, right? You do. You just have to. Otherwise, it's and, um, a disgrace. And, and so I'm like, well, if the Lucha Bros. So for a minute there, I thought, wow, they're actually going to go back to Jurassic Express in the cage. I 
the Lucha Bros versus the 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 uh, Young, Young Bucks, Bucks is is fresher. Yeah, I, I like it, but they're not. I don't. I don't see them beating the Bucks in the cage. No. Nah. And, and there's no there's no history there. Like at least there's a history there between Jurassic Express and the Bucks. And I thought, hey, if you put Jurassic Express back in the cage, you have them beat the Bucks to get the belts off of them for a little while. It would be good. I would be shocked to see the Lucha Bros win the titles at 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 the pay per view. I, I I would absolutely be shocked. So, but that, but that aside, though, the match itself was really good. Yeah, dude, you know it's a good match when uh, your belief is so suspended that the near falls when somebody kicks out at the very last minute, your heart skips a beat, and you're like, "What the oh." Mm-hmm. no you were supposed to you were supposed to get pinned bro like there was so many great near falls high spots that made sense uh freaking i was not i think they did the double super kick just perfectly i mean i know it's an aew spot but i'm it's starting to grow on me um you know and then luchasaurus he freaking held out as long as he could being the giant he is but you can only take so much damage before you got to take the pin so i agree with you um uh, I, I just don't know if the Lucha Bros are going to take the titles. I would be I would be shocked if they did. I think Young Bucks aren't going to drop it because there's no history unless they just want to go on vacation or something. And they're just like, yeah, let's just... It, it would come out of nowhere if the Lucha Bros... So, so the, my problem with the, with the pay-per-view card as it's developing is, is it, I think it's even more predictable than SummerSlam. I mean, I, I'm... I'm willing to say with a high degree of confidence, like what, what did I go eight and one in my in in SummerSlam? You went eight and one in SummerSlam, even uh, on the match that got changed, which was the Bianca Belair match, because you're like, I don't care, she's still losing the belt, and she did. Well, that would be not, well, that would be nine and one then. Um, nine and one, yeah. <clears throat> but I, I'm fairly certain I'm going to feel pretty good about just a, an absolute clean sweep with this pay per view. I mean, I just if if they know what they're doing. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, they might, but they might also go for shock value. You never know. Like, that's the thing. Well, no, I mean, but but take, take, so I'm not going to go down the whole card, but the the, the four matches, right? So Omega and Cage. Yeah. Omega's winning. 100% Omega's winning. It would make no sense to ship the title to Cage. No, because he already got the Impact title back. Exactly. Yeah. The the um the Bucks and the Lucha Bros we already talked about it just doesn't make it it doesn't feel like the time to just out of the blue shift the titles to the Lucha Bros right so okay so you got the Bucks going over uh CM Punk and Darby Allen well Punk better win that match yes right. they're they're that I think is, that's gonna be my lock of the night is that CM Punk is not losing to Darby Allen but depending on what kind of shape CM Punk here's the thing dude. I would hate to be the guys or girls who have to perform after that match because goddamn, that's going to here's okay. Here's the real lock of the night there. Um, remember how, um, you, it was basically the, uh, Damian priest Sheamus match. And even though it was a great match because what had happened before was so bad, you could hear a mouse piss on cotton for a second. Um, it's going to be the reversal of that to where everybody's going to be so exhausted from cheering for punk that whoever goes on next is going to have their freaking work cut out for them. Yeah. So they, they're going to need a buffer between. So I think you put the punk Allen match, uh, have that be 
uh, have that like third to last, second to last. You just have like a filler match, and then you go to Omega and and Cage. But but then the other match is MJF and Jericho, and we've already talked about that on previous episodes too. You know, the the match that's going to make me feel like I'm in my sixth labor. Oh um, god, <laughs> there there is there is zero reason for Chris Jericho to win that match. There is, unless I mean, well, here's the thing. He basically he didn't retire from AEW. He says he's going to retire for in-ring work. There's a reason why he keeps wanting to work with this kid. So you can tell there's some chemistry there because they do work well together. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, guys, we've seen this enough times. Time to move on. It's time to move on. There's other guys for MJF to work with, like, and even I mean that was the hint of realism in MJF's promo. That's why it was so good and it worked because he basically just said the same shit we want to say, where it's like, God damn, leave me alone. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and 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 at least from a logic perspective, uh, you know, at least Jericho gave him the only thing that he really could to 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 coax him to get into the ring with him again. But you know, when win, lose or draw, well, probably not a draw, but win or lose. If Jericho were to win this, which again would just completely neuter MJF at this point, but yeah. if he if he were to win, they still need to get the hell away from each other. They do 157 percent. They need to get away from each other. There's plenty of guys for MJF to work, unless they're keeping MJF like on. They're keeping him warm for somebody else who's coming in. Maybe Brian Daniels. Maybe. CM Punk, maybe this is just something for him to do, and they're like, "Hey, man, just we'll see. We'll see when and where Danielson debuts. I believe it's going to be at the uh, at the the tennis stadium in Queens on the on the September nineteenth or twenty fourth, whenever it is. A couple weeks away. Um, it would make sense. Big market. You know, their first their first uh, foray into the New York market. Yep. And, you know." A, the first time that that particular venue is hosting wrestling. So it'll be interesting. Um, and if that's the case, then fine. I'm okay with, with it. Well, actually, you know what? No, I'm not okay with MJF taking on Danielson because Danielson should beat him too. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Right? You, 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 there's certain people that are, that are elevated by losing. I think Darby Allen will be elevated by losing to punk. Yeah mjf being this asshole you know cocky heel yeah he needs to keep getting wins he needs to not get sacrificed to to brian danielson on his first night in the company you know what i mean like you can't you can't do that so you got you i think that they're doing it right with punk and i need i think they need to figure out somebody you know jungle boy maybe i mean i don't know you need a, a talent that that will win by losing yeah no, I agree with you 110% there. Um, talk real quick. Yep. Okay, I can. Oh, you're still on. Cool. I still see some green bars. We're good. Oh boy. All right. No, 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 no. We're there. We're not. We're not at the, that point yet. We're not at the 58 minute mark. When we hit a stopping oh point, I will refresh oh the audio. Boy. Oh, don't you, oh boy, me. Don't. Once, once, once we're we're in the studios, you know the 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 Slammer Brothers Empire Studios. You know, yes. then we don't got to worry about all this. Oh, 100%. Yeah, once that happens. Or, you know, I drag my family to the East Coast, you know, and we just... Mm, uh, well, you know, Survivor Series is in Brooklyn, man. I told you this when I left Vegas. Dude, all right. I will start looking for plane tickets for New York and just, just to see. Just to see. You Sur- know? Survivor Series in Brooklyn, and then we're going to do the Royal Rumble in Tampa. 
and then Ooh. WrestleMania in Dallas with a hundred thousand people. God damn, those are the two I do. Yeah, yeah, it's all uh, no. As you can see here, everybody's uh, socially distanced. You know, we all have. Oh, I think uh, a certain podcast talent was saying that's like, man. And then I'm looking through the crowd, and everybody's got a bunch of freaking chin diapers on. Because <laughs> it's like, look, dude, I I get it. I mean, you and I were pretty good about the whole mask thing, but. You're not going to enforce 70,000 people like to keep their goddamn masks on. It, there's no way, especially well, it's, it's, you got people cheering. It gets hard to breathe. You're like, no, the, the masks are coming off over time. Well, and as you're yelling and screaming, what's happening to the mask? It's getting wet. But, you know, that, that's that's a that's a that's an issue for the science to, to detail. And I'm not a scientist. Well, I'm not, I'm not a medical scientist and neither are you. So. No, nope. you know, I'm just uh, a computer you know, scientist, you know? That's just, just, oh, go ahead. I just, I just give an opinion. We just give our opinions. That is correct. That is 175% correct. All right, so moving on, because I think we covered AEW pretty well. Um, I love what they're doing over there. Just don't fuck it up. That's all, that's it's, all I can ask. The, the momentum is clearly on their side. To your point, they, they just have to figure out how not to fuck it up. Yeah. So what I'm starting to realize about SmackDown, they know what they're hmm. doing, and it's like, just be patient. We got a plan. Whereas Raw is more like, just be patient. We'll come up with some shit on the fly Sunday night before the show. That's what it kind of feels like in many ways, because SmackDown... We were, met, we were just talking Finn Balor. Like, where the hell did he go? Because we're so used to that pace of like, okay, if you see him this week, you got to see him next week, and then boom, 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 boom. Um, freaking Finn Balor is back. He dropped the gauntlet. He laid down a little bit of a beating himself along with the Street Profits, so at least the Usos have somebody, some a tag team other than the Mysterios to wrestle with. Um, freaking Big E is still in the universe. Um, but he had that great set with, I actually like this with happy Corbin, which mm. it, it got me. I liked it. I didn't hate it. Um, it's better than freaking mustard on your shirt. This is illogical Corbin, right? Yeah. So let's talk since he's, uh, he's our favorite manager out of the two shows. We have to talk Paul Heyman first. Oh yeah. The man's brilliant. What we saw was awesome because first off, Everybody knows there's tension. He even on his Instagram put a picture of like Lesnar being the dominant figure on one of his Instagram posts. So I'm like, wait, why would you put that picture, right? Um, then you got the Usos challenging his freaking authority. Roman Reigns wasn't even in the building at the same time. He was locked out. He had some great interactions with the announcers. And then lo and behold his interactions with Roman Reigns were freaking perfect. They were very subtle, very perfect. The first one being for the folks watching at home who didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, Heyman is just dumbfounded because he was just, uh, he was just accosted by the Usos who were like, Hey, did you know Brock was going to be there? Like almost insinuating mm -hmm. that Paul Heyman is going to side with Brock Lesnar, right? They go through their back and forth. Then Roman Reigns finally gets to the arena, and Roman is acting like, I know you're on my team. What, what What's going on here? And then yep. just how he treats Paul Heyman is amazing. It's like, what, do I do I open my own door now? 
And then Heyman, who has is now just goes into full ass kissing mode, to which makes you the viewer think, okay, is he overplaying this right now because Brock is he's back with Brock, or is this one of those things where he's like, no, this is like the 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 boy who cried wolf, who this is actually the time when he's actually being an honest human being and he just doesn't know how to do it. Um, and then finally, before they entered into the ring. Um, he tries to give the tribal chief his belt. He's like, you're coming out there with us. I love, doesn't he say I love you to him? Yeah. When he tries to give him the belt, I- it was, that was, and, and then you just saw like Heyman's eyes light up and everything. I honestly think that, you know, even though that maybe you weren't a fan of that one line, what they're doing right now, the merchandise they're putting together, everything, I do not want to see that family break up. It's probably the coolest thing in pro wrestling right now. Uh, how do you feel about it? What are your thoughts on the whole uh, on Paul Heyman this week? Well, you know, I agree. I think I think the the storyline surrounding Roman Reigns right now is the best thing going on on any program. Yeah. Right. You know, I think I think he is booked correctly. I think the storylines around him are generally semi logical and make sense. I I I could have done without a little bit of the the. It was just a little too over the top for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I, I enjoy Roman just playing it cool and just being like, I know, I know you're on my team. Yeah. Right. Like I know, I know you're with me. But then, but then they play up this, this. Well, maybe he's not, and there's just no way they're gonna break him away from, from uh, Roman right now. I think that you know they're trying to tease the possibility that maybe he's you know playing double agent with Brock, but that's not the case. And honestly, I don't know how long Brock is back for. I mean, he wasn't even on this show. Well, what they what I believe I believe he is on the contract that I read according to the memes that I've seen. So I've not read it from an actual source, but from the rumblings of the internet, uh, apparently he is set to wrestle no less than eight times per year, which seems very high for me. I think I think you'll get him every pay per view, like you'll get him four pay per views in a year, and then maybe one or two SmackDowns, and then that'll be it. See, I get this. I, so, so I'll get I'll get back to Brock in a minute. Everything with Finn Bauer, I hated. Really, I hated it. Why did you not hate? Not so much. Not so much the interaction. I was okay with the interaction. They announced next week will be Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor for the Universal Title. No. Not on SmackDown, not on free TV, not with any, without any buildup. So either it's going to be some type of bullshit schmoz ending, or they're going to have Roman beat him. Either way, where do they go from here? Because he's going back to Brock. So now you're using Finn Balor as filler for Roman Reigns to pick his teeth with while he waits for Brock Lesnar to, to get to what, Saudi Arabia? They're going to fight in Crown Jewel or something like that? Yeah. Like, I just... I, 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 I don't they they have him show up he, he's third wheel in the Cena Roman thing and then he just kind of disappears and I say fine you know at least he's in the orbit I get it Cena's here but now he's he's not even third wheel because he's just he's filler like what what is the plan here with I get the I get the big picture plan is to keep Roman strong. I got that. I totally agree with that. There's no you couldn't have Kevin Owens come do that again. He's already plowed through Kevin Owens. Let him plow through Kevin Owens some more. 
Well, here's here's where where I actually liked it, and it, I think it it happened to do with the interactions. Now, maybe it was because I was just looking at it from a viewer level, um, because lot from a logical perspective, with when you listen to what Finn Balor said, it makes perfect sense. And if you look at oh, the, I totally agree. And if you look at the last three pay per view events, Seth Rollins got overbooked, overstepped. Freaking Finn got overstepped because John Cena just walked down and freaking signed his freaking contract with Blue Ink, right? So if you're the Finn Balor character, you have to be thinking like, okay, I either I, I need a title. I want my shot at the title against this guy, and there's no freaking way with Brock lurking, with all these threats lurking, that I'm going to get a shot at a pay-per-view. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess stuff up. And I'm going to get a title shot as soon as I can. Otherwise, I'm not getting it at all. And I totally agree with you. I think that from a logical perspective and, and for protecting the Finn Balor character in the moment, yes, that's exactly what he needed to do. However, there's no way he's beating Roman Reigns after this long on, on free TV. Yep. Which means, which means now you are plowing through what should be your either your Royal Rumble main event or, or well, God forbid, WrestleMania main event, right? Nah, they, they would not give Finn. They would not uh, hand well, Finn who, Ballard to him on a, on WrestleMania. Well then, well then, who's beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? I think we know who's beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Who's beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Mister Dwayne Johnson. That's who's gonna beat him at uh, WrestleMania. Well, first of all, that would be a bad idea. Yeah. Well, The Rock should not be beating Roman Reigns. Or, or it'll be similar, or it'll be sim. Well, no, it'll be what'll be s- well, to to finish. Well, my, okay, go ahead. Well, what I was what I was gonna say was is based on the rumors that I've read, he may not be at WrestleMania this year. The Rock. The Rock. Hmm. So okay. So, so without without the Rock guaranteed, what is your? We're getting dangerously close to WrestleMania season, right? We are. What is the plan? Who is being elevated on the SmackDown brand right now? Uh, unless they brought Brock in to do a uh, to have him in the back pocket, they have Roman do some filler, and then they keep bringing Brock in to tease us, and then that becomes the WrestleMania event. Do you, do, do you want to see a Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns WrestleMania main event for the what fourth time? No, I do not actually. But I'm just saying, like to your point, other than Finn. Maybe Biggie, but Biggie's gonna challenge and beat Bobby Lashley. That's what I think is gonna happen with the Money in the Bank. So, yeah, you're correct. There's really no one, nobody elevated right now outside of Finn Balor. So you're correct there. Well, so so it's it's my common criticism of of all of their booking right now. Like, look at what they did with Karrion Cross on Raw. So they there was no reason to bring him in as the NXT champion and beat him, beat him, beat him, have him have him win, have him lose. And then go drop the NXT title and then come back on Raw with, with this new, you know, gimmick, this this red S&M gimmick that he's got now. And then have his dominant win, right? Like, what was, what was the thought process behind that? What was the long-term booking behind that? Who thought that that was a good idea for his character to be introduced that way? And then what was the long, long-term plan going out? So I agree where Finn Balor in that moment to protect what his character would be is supposed to be that's exactly what he needed to do he said i'm not going to get overlooked he smacked him down got it you know they got physical the match was announced for next week but what happens after that with finn Balor? 
Now, I don't know. my question here, is it an actual title match, or is it going to be one of those things where the day of, they call it a uh, champion's contenders match? No, no, it, it's, it was announced as a universal title match. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's he ain't winning it on free but, TV. But but hang on, but hang on. Even if it was a non-title match, you're, you're not, they're still not going to have Finn Bauer pin him in a non-title match. No, no on free TV. Nobody, nobody is beating Roman Reigns Roman, on free TV. Roman Reigns correct. hasn't been pinned in two years, almost two years. The only way I could see it is maybe if Brock comes out and it's a freaking F fives him outside and then it's a count out victory or something. But I don't know. But but again, right now, but but so I don't know what the plan is. So they're they're gonna have to figure out some way around this 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 Finn Bauer situation without making Finn Bauer look weak or like a chump. And every way that I think of doesn't accomplish it. They needed to stay away from this until it was time to actually do something with it. Unless this is how they view Finn Bauer. He's just filler. And if that's the case, then that's sad. And it makes me wonder what the long-term future of Finn Bauer is especially since he just came back from NXT with all this momentum. Mm-hmm. And what is the ultimate plan with, with Roman Reigns? Like, what is he? who is he facing at the Rumble, and who is he facing at WrestleMania? I don't know. And there's nobody being positioned right now, aside from Valor, to be able to do that. And if you want to say Big E, that's fine, but I still say the Big E match is with Bobby Lashley, that's not ex- with Roman Reigns. That's exactly what he is. He's going to cash in money in the bank so he can get back on Raw with the New Day, and he's going to get revenge for uh, for Kofi. But with the way that we haven't talked about Kofi in a long time about Raw, it was almost like that schmoz, that freaking destruction never even happened, and now he's just been kind of doing some silly side stuff. Like, it was never even addressed what happened with him and Lashley, so... How how can how can an organization that employs writers, they employ a writing team, have no continuity or long term plan? I have no idea. That um, is it a culture in there where none of them like because normally with the writing process you start at the ending you want right. So when is our ending? Yeah. And then you work your way backwards. Like okay, this needs to happen. That needs to happen. Was it a situation where there were some firings, where there were some injuries? Was it like Nick Khan released a bunch of people, so now all your plans go out the window? Now it's like freaking 36 hours before the next Raw, and you just got to make shit out of Shinola or Shinola out of shit? Well, well, think back to uh, – I'll just use as an example. You know, If you go back to WrestleMania four way back in the day right you have the macho man wins the the world title tournament he's a good guy hogan comes out and helps him you know they do the thing with elizabeth on his shoulder what was the main event of wrestlemania 5 um what was the main event it was hulk hogan versus the macho man yes it was you were correct i lost so so obviously they had that set from wrestlemania 4 through the the SummerSlam, and then the breakup and then into wrestlemania 5 i when I look back, that was clearly the plan at four. And was God, them wrestling each other at five. God damn. Like one year plan. How good was that breakup too? The Mega Powers exactly. breakup with freaking Elizabeth in the back. I was just actually, I know Hogan gets a lot of crap because people are like, oh, they didn't like his cutaways at the time. But a lot of them, when you look back in the actual like produced ones with him and Andre doing the contract signing before yep. WrestleMania three. 
him and uh, freaking Savage fighting over the back with Mister Miss with uh, Miss Elizabeth and doing all that stuff. All of it held up, man. Like it's all like part of it. I'm thinking this is way better than the shit we get today, because good wrestling and good programming is is good whenever. Which is why you know again, what's their plan right now? It, it appears to me that the only plan is make Roman look strong and make Bobby look strong. Well, they're doing that. They're doing that. Ve- they're doing who, a very good job at that. Yeah. But who on the roster? For either championship, really, right now, I think there's more viable possibilities on Raw right now than there is on SmackDown. But they had to they had to bring John Cena back to take on Reigns at SummerSlam after they and brought in Edge. Gonna, after they brought in Edge, that's right. Yeah. And now they're gonna they're gonna blow through Finn Balor because they 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 got to get to Brock. Yep. But what happens after Brock? That's the... so who is so who is Roman Reigns taking so. If 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 you if you make the assumption that they're going to do the champion versus champion thing, of which I would totally be down with seeing Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley at, at Survivor Series, I'm sign me up for a little bit of that. Hoss right? Hoss fight, baby. <laughs> like, I don't even I don't even know how the hell you booked that one, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but then where does who is Roman Reigns taking on at, at the Royal Rumble, and what's the story heading into WrestleMania? The only thing I could possibly see is is do the do you have the Usos break up? But 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 again, is one of the Usos challenging Reigns really no. exciting me? No, not at all. Like, so, but but who's left? There's who is who is positioned? You can't throw in Happy Corbin. I'm thinking about guys who are actually Reigns' size, right? Like Happy, like Corbin is not there anymore. Uh, King do you, King Nakamura, no, they've got him playing with the IC Championship. Um, they, they have him. They have him in tag matches to get his guitarist wins. Hey, I actually liked Rick Boogs in the ring. All right, I like the denim singlet. Not, <laughs> I, I am. I am not. I'm not arguing about him in particular. I'm arguing about the fact that they just put the again. They just put the Intercontinental Title on Nakamura. The act is over. Now they have him in tag matches so that his guitarist can get pin, pinfall victories over Dolph Ziggler. Oh, dude, it's not. So what is this doing for Nakamura and what's it doing for the Intercontinental title? Jack, nothing. Not a, not, what's the plan? They don't have a plan. That's the thing. Outside, and what you and I were, and here's the thing, how, the, how things have changed. Just two podcasts ago, we were talking about an entire multiverse with Roman Reigns. We're like, oh, damn. Look how they presented everything. Now you've got this threat, this threat, this threat. Now it's like there's no threats. None. Well, had had they kept Balor away, and it's not about Balor in particular, but it's why are you if 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 we subscribe to the, you know, the circles around Reigns, the orbits around Reigns, why are you crashing through? Why are all these meteors crashing into planet Reigns then? Like you like just let stuff breathe. And honestly, I when I when I I'm I'm so down on it right now because it, it just makes me wonder what the plan is here. I think that's why the the bloom seems to be so strong over on the AEW side because I'm not trying to say that they're going to do any better, but the possibilities seem so wide open right now. Mm-hmm. Well, cuz the thing is, you've got Nick Khan who was just firing all kinds of talent left and right and not just mid-card guys who would have gone to AEW because early on in AEW I know there were the WWE was overpaying guys to not go to AEW 
until sure. until they saw what the product was and you know it's it's definitely its own thing but they were like okay that's not a legitimate threat to us and then somebody had to pay the price for signing on all this mid-card talent to contracts that were probably a little bit over what they should have been making um then you cut to this nick khan guy who's like who thinks of um pro wrestling like a film studio a standard film studio like ah well there will well there's there's a numerous amount of there's an unlimited amount of actors out there that we could just grab one of those people it's like no to find professional wrestlers who can compete uh or or yeah you know it is competitive i'll say compete who can compete who can perform who can talk at that level it's a very very small talent pool when you really actually dig down deep and all that in that world um so i think that slowly but surely the wwe has has screwed themselves they've screwed themselves hardcore and and before i let you go it's like aew just signed cm punk has been out of the game for seven years they're gonna get brian danielson they're they could get bray wyatt they could get rick flair to come in as a manager which i don't know how much moves the needle for you but i think rick flair just went back to nwa um rick flair has a ton of cultural capital he does don't don't rick Rick, flair Flair. he has cultural capital and definitely him as a manager if he if he just straight up manages somebody like you know he had that whole dirtiest player in the game gimmick if you attach him to somebody like a heel you're trying to put over that guy's getting over because it's like maybe he could maybe he could buy out um andrade's contract from chavo guerrero Oh. And then Ric Flair can manage his future son-in-law. Boom. That would be beautiful. There's endless possibilities. And then, meanwhile, AEW, like, because WWE, you got, like, from what I've read, from what I've heard on multiple podcasts from disgruntled ex-employees, you've got 26 writers who don't care about your character, don't care about you. They're just trying to tell a classic story but not understand how pro wrestling works. But over at AEW... All those guys get to cut their own promos. They probably get to pick their own finishes. They get to call their own spots. They basically get to have fun with their friends. So I I have to imagine that the the scales are definitely tipped towards AEW at the moment. Well, it, it depends on what you're looking for. And I think that the fundamental, you, you actually said the word, professional wrestlers. WWE believes that they are a sports entertainment business. They don't refer to themselves as a professional wrestling business. As a matter of fact, they go to great they go to great pains to avoid the words professional wrestling, mm-hmm. right? So they very much view themselves as an entertainment company. I mean, and I, and I don't think that it's a slight from either Nick Khan or, or even Vince when you know they they talk about AEW not being competition because they're in different businesses. I think they firmly believe that. Yeah, I think the problem is is that the the consumers of their product are professional wrestling fans yes who who i I understand that that you know the common criticism of wwe is that it geared it's geared towards children right who's buying the tickets who's buying the merch who bought a replica universal championship with customized SummerSlam plates right it wasn't little jimmy with his five dollar allowance yes it was who is your audience it's adults you have to cater yeah but the right. thing is, WWE hasn't had to cater for anybody in a while, right? Because for the longest time, it's like you're, they were the only soda company in town for the longest time. It was like you either had them, and it's like, all right, well, if you don't like us, you don't drink soda. 
Or not any good one, they're, that is. They're, they're the guy who was the star athlete in high school, you know, and now he's 40. He hasn't had a fight in 20 years, and he's out of shape, but he's still, you know, in his mind, he still thinks that he's the captain of the court, you know, he's the captain of the football team. Yeah. And he doesn't realize that the that the young buck who he's just like ah you know because he still thinks he's you know seventeen and can and, and can kick ass he's about to get his ass whooped. Yeah. Because AEW right now is 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 they have shown that they are playing for real. They are most certainly playing for real because, I mean, they've got some serious contract signings: Malachi Black, freaking CM Punk. All the names that we had just rattled off and listed. And then also, if you let those guys come in and really enjoy themselves and you bring in guys who are professionals, that's the key, th- the key word there, professionals, and you let them do stuff that makes sense. And, you know, I, I think if Tony Khan stays out of his own way just a little bit and lets those guys do what they need to do, I think that Vince is in some serious trouble. And I think the way that you do that is you just create a product that you yourself love. And you let these guys create characters that they themselves love. And you don't get caught in the Eric Bischoff thing where you quote-unquote want to drive a stake through the heart of Vince McMahon. You just make the best absolute product that you can, that you want to watch. And I think with all of our criticisms towards Tony Khan, he's pulled it off so far. He's given us a viable competitor to WWE. Yeah, he has a hand and a checkbook. I, I agree. Yep. Hey, somebody. Hey, but, you know, hey, somebody's got to sign the checks, baby. You know? Somebody's got to sign the checks, baby. And somebody, I mean, he got a he got CM Punk back he, in professional wrestling. I mean, you got to give him credit for it. Absolutely. And and the thing and and not just it. And and in Punk's case, I think it was more than just signing a check. I think Punk legitimately wanted to make sure that they had a general clue about what it is that they're that they're doing. And I think to Obviously, to his satisfaction, or or at least they added an extra zero to to make up for the sat for any kind of dissatisfaction. You know, they're here, so I think the big difference between the two is that you know you have 26 writers or however many they have on on WWE programming, and they may have the equivalent of that on AEW between all of the the EVPs and the people that have creative control. The problem is, is those guys are professional wrestlers with professional wrestling minds. Yeah, and they're not trying to create show business and viral moments. And and so you know, for a professional wrestling fan, AEW is is very attractive right now. And the last thing I'll say on this though is that even on the WWE side, the most professional wrestling show that they have is NXT. Yeah. Agreed. And now they're and now they're neutering that. Oh, dude! I heard that they are going through a quote-unquote reformat, and that's right. The reason why is they're not impressed with the talent that they produce. And I'm like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. You guys have produced some sensational talent. Well, your problem is you kill that talent as soon as they go to the main roster. Like they, I agree. So look at what they look at the booking of Karrion Cross leading into his NXT title match. It was horrible. Awful. It was it was it was total garbage. So it's like they were they basically buried the guy. Then they brought him back, and it was like they watched. I, I think I made this joke before, but Karrion Cross comes back. It looks like one of the writers must have saw like fucking Road Warrior, Mad Max Road Warrior for fucking mm. fifteen minutes and said, "Oh, that's cool, man. We're gonna go with that." And then 
uh, it basically looks like he's the doorman of a fucking freaking BDSM house in freaking San Francisco. Mm. That's that's essentially what he looks like. And this is the guy who's got my favorite finish in pro wrestling. I love the I love his freaking finish, the rear naked choke where you catch the arm in. That's my favorite freaking submission of all time, other than the triangle they, choke. They 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 act too much like people don't know what NXT is. Yeah, they. NXT was designed to develop talent, so they look at that as the minor leagues, right? And and, and who knows? Maybe their maybe their research groups or their or their their market research that they do shows that you know, hey, the, there's people on that watch main roster WWE programming that don't watch NXT. Fine. Yeah. However, however, again, I go back to my to my original point. Like in the big scheme of planning all this out, who thought that that was a good idea? Let's bring him in. Let's have him with the belt on. I mean, they could have just had him not bring the belt. Get him beat. Get him beat again. Then he comes back. He has a competitive match. Then he has another competitive match. The next day, he shows up with a new look and crushes Ricochet. Yeah. Uh, it was it was bad from the get-go. Personally, I think you and I, we've gone into this before. Do you ever notice how people who were in the WWE, went to the UFC and came back, were just treated like gold. But the people who came from other venues but came in, they were the guys who had to worry because they've destroyed Shayna Baszler. Matt Riddle, basically, I mean, if the Riddle character wasn't like the actual real-life Matt Riddle dialed up to 25, (laughs) they'd have a problem there. I like RK Riddle, bro. Riddle, Riddle, Riddle's mouth may be getting him into a little bit of trouble, but we'll see. Dude, I'm looking at that right now. I mean, with how hot he is right now, but you know, let's let's actually He's go not... into let's go into this right now, real quick though. Okay. I, I I feel like it has to be a work somewhere because Riddle did a lot of stupid things in the while he was in the UFC. But he never did anything that stupid like yeah he had some words with freaking um dana white but he never went on record saying like oh yeah dana's a piece of crap even when he got caught like smoking pot all those times and got into that little spat with dana he never quite went after him the way that reigns did so i could see one of two things happening either a it's a work like hey rk bro's eventually gonna run its course we think you're a huge star you saying all this shit on social media is going to get people talking. Let's do it as a work, like a work shoot type thing. Or, much like his character, he is not acting very smart and he might be showing himself the freaking door very soon. Yeah, let, let's go with the latter on that one. I highly doubt that, as much as I question the sanity and logic of the WWE writers and booking crew, I find it hard to believe that they said hey, here's a great idea. Let's take the stoner douche with the frickin' scooter mm-hmm. and have him be the one that's going to tri- challenge the tribal chief, only they're going to they're gonna do it on social media and Riddle's going to use the words, real fight. Ooh. Well, I mean, they've, they have been disrespecting their brand, their own brand I for just, the longest mm, time. But I, I think it's more Riddle, Riddle needs to, to chill out a little bit. Yeah, do you think it's one of those things he like cuz when you and I when we were walking through SummerSlam, all those big pictures, he was on most of them. 
He was on a lot of them, yeah. actually. So do you think it's one of those things where he just sees himself maybe a little prematurely on that level? So he's like, yeah, I'm going to talk this crap. I think I think in the in I, see I don't know and I think his his motivations will will and and what he's trying I think you know we're 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 a very social media oriented society now and it's hard to say any and, and especially now with you know instant uploads and mm-hmm. I mean you know this will be this is being uploaded as we speak right? yeah absolutely you know it's it's hard to say something in an interview and and without it going out into the the universe yeah. right so you know even when they ask you know like they like they tried to do it with reigns you know that where they asked reigns about you know cm punk coming back and he made some comments that some people were like oh he's dissing cm punk and it's like no he's not dissing cm punk but everyone likes controversy everyone likes to create conflict between wrestlers because at the end of the day we're all fans of this because it's supposed to be a fight yep Right. Absolutely. Like I don't care. I don't care if, if you know about Riddle Scooter, or I, I you know I don't care about. Take your pick about the the Alexa Bliss's doll, Baron Corbin's money problems. I don't give a <laughs> shit about any of that. What I want to see is is who is the person that's being elevated to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, or are they going to do what they always do, which is. Oh well, you know we haven't used Cesaro in a while. Let's give him a couple wins. Now he's going to challenge, and then he loses. Yeah. Hey, we need you know we got money in the bank coming up. Uh, we need some guys to do some flips. Hey, Ricochet's around. Hey, let's give Ricochet some wins, and then he and then he does his stuff, and then he disappears. Right. Yeah. Like what? They they, they do such a good job with Reigns and with Lashley, and even you know you, you brought up ex UFC people. They booked Ronda Rousey appropriately, right? They like, did. That was Great. And especially when she transitioned to heel, like it was fantastic, right? Like they know how to do it, but everyone else suffers from the lack of any kind of, you know, forward thinking, planning, um, and, and the 50 50 booking that, that, you know, that there's, that they're so famous for. So who, who ends up challenging that doesn't come from completely out of nowhere? And, you know, to the point that we made heading into SummerSlam, who, where is your developing, talent roster where you don't have to you know pay Brock Lesnar you know millions and millions of dollars to wrestle eight times yeah so we'll see (laughs) we will definitely we will definitely see there but uh no I can feel I can feel and sense your frustration there um I am optimistically pessimistic I'm pessimistically optimistic about everything because I hope there's this big major plan, but, um, you know, going back to, uh, so, so we'll hang on real, real quick. Right. Yeah. So they have so many people under contract. They do. Even with all the people that they're releasing. Yes. You got Finn Balor, you got Adam Cole, you got Keith Lee, you got, you know, even guys like Sheamus, yeah. Randy Orton, McIntyre. How is there no one positioned to challenge these guys for a world title let me how that is you have to try to fuck it up that bad that is that is a legitimate concern i mean let me let me ask you this question though when is the next draft that's going to move some people from smackdown to raw and vice versa uh it's i'm sure it's coming up soon but here's the problem with drafts 
if the soup tastes like shit and you continue to stir the soup, it doesn't taste better. You got to add or subtract ingredients from the soup. You're just stirring the same nonsense around. And so what are you going to send AJ Styles over to SmackDown? Great. Fine. Maybe he could be a viable contender, but you know what? He ain't beating Reigns. Who? Let me ask you this. Who on the Raw roster right now, if you, if you were to draft, if they said, hey, you know what, we're going to draft two weeks from now. Yeah. Who would you move from Raw to SmackDown that you could position between now and WrestleMania to be a, a viable challenger to Roman Reigns? I would say McIntyre's the obvious one <laughs> because he's got nothing to do, but he's still a main eventer. So that one works. Um, That's a good one. So, you, so McIntyre could definitely do it. If because they got the United States Championship off of Sheamus and he just had a little bit of a rub with uh, Bobby Lashley, if he could have a good showing against Lashley and you could book him appropriately, Sheamus. Because the thing about Reigns is you need somebody who's big enough to actually freaking contend with the guy because he's one of the biggest dudes in the company, right? Arguably, like from a from a physical standpoint. So Sheamus. And McIntyre, those would be the only two because I think RKO, RK Bro is too hot to swap out. And I don't really think anybody wants to necessarily see uh, Randy Orton return. And I think he's kind of out of the title slot picture for probably for okay. the remainder of his career. So those are the two that I could think of right now off the top of okay, my head. Okay, so, so, so hold that thought for a second, right? Okay. So let, let, let's leave and take Randy Orton. Randy Orton's 40-something years old. He's been there, done that. You're going to sacrifice Reigns to Randy Orton? Sacrifice rain? No, you're not doing that. That's okay. why I just said so, he's not in the picture. So, so Sheamus, you know, you could turn Sheamus face. Sheamus, I, I actually like face Sheamus. I like heel Sheamus. I like Sheamus. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Sheamus guy. No, not he's not everyone's cup of tea. He, but he's been WWE champion. He's been World Heavyweight champion. You're gonna sacrifice Roman Reigns to to face turn Sheamus? Um, no. But what your question was, who's a who's a reliable threat? Well, right so, now. so hang on. Yeah. But I but I said but I said bring him in, build him up to challenge Reigns at WrestleMania. Oh, to challenge at WrestleMania. But did and, you said challenge, and, but not beat him at WrestleMania? You said challenge. Well, even even well, even challenge him at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. I mean, so so, so that so that well, hang on. So then that brings us to McIntyre, right? Yeah. And McIntyre would be an obvious choice, but I feel he has been so damaged. Yeah. By the numerous losses to Lashley. And then this joke Scottish thing he's done with the sword and slumming with Jinder Mahal because they want everyone to remember 3MB, apparently. There's who, – who, who's doing it? I, I, I just uh, – even a draft doesn't, doesn't fix the problem. Exactly. No, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying because right now it feels like both shows are just tapped out of challengers for the most part because – End of the day, Sheamus, to me, before he can challenge Lashley, he needs to actually get some wins and get back in that main event, main card spot. Um, Damian Priest, who I like, who I think he's going to have a Roman Reigns-esque career where, yeah, we all kind of like him as a babyface, but when he turns heel, it's probably going to be his best work. Um, so in reality, bro, you really there really is nobody. They're not building up anybody who can be that viable threat. And to your point, whoever beats Reigns, that's a huge freaking deal. Like it means something to beat Reigns now. Like it's at we're talking about that point. And it means something to beat Lashley right now too. Hundred percent. But there's no one who could do it. Like they're not gonna. So oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so So I just pulled up the, the WWE.com roster of superstars. Okay. Right? 
So I'm not even going to say a Raw to SmackDown or SmackDown to Raw. This is just everybody. It includes NXT, right? So who, who I'm going to read you a couple names here. Could they transfer them and build them up to beat to challenge and beat Reigns at WrestleMania? Adam Cole. No. AJ Styles. No. Uh, let's see. Big E. Maybe. That's a that's a soft yes for me. Soft yes, but they would have to book him incredibly well, and they'd have to start today. Okay. Lesnar is already is already doing it. Yep. Cesaro. No. Okay. Uh, here's a outside the box thought. It's not happening. Dominic Mysterio. Not now. Uh, he just lost to freaking Sami Zayn, so no, he's not. Ooh. Oh, I got it. Do drop. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, we talked about McIntyre. <laughs> McIntyre. Soft, yes. It's not Edge. It's not Edge. Not Edge, no. Edge is Edge is really solid filler for him, but no one who you're going to believe to beat the champion. No. Elias is being rebranded. Finn Bauer, we've talked about. Yep. Uh, we talked about Happy Corbin. Um, I like Happy Corbin, but he's not going to beat it. He's not going to beat the champion. No. Jeff Hardy, no. Jinder Mahal, no. Nope. You know, he just plowed through John Cena. Morrison's doing his thing with the Miz. I'm actually looking forward to that match, by the way. That's going to be a great match, yeah. They they could have done something with Keith Lee, but he's super damaged now. Yeah, Keith Lee needs some wins before you can even get back into that universe. Back I, in the discussion. I, think, I, think, I think it's over for Keith Lee personally, but that's, that's my opinion. Um, what about Commander Aziz, huh? <laughs> Commander Aziz. <laughs> okay we talked about randy orton it's not going to be ray mysterio it's not ricochet it's not riddle it's not uh bobby Roode, yeah. um samoa joe you know maybe if he was properly positioned but samoa joe's 40 you know like he's not a young man yeah no they could always go back to seth rollins but i, I think that that's not happening anytime soon yeah and even then you're not you're not sacrificing reigns to rollins you're not Jinder Mahal. <laughs> no. Tommaso Ciampa would be interesting. Yeah, I'm but they're not they're not gonna do that. And that's it. If you lose That's it. I will say this. If you lose the BDSM gimmick and you book them correctly from right now to that point, carrying cross is a maybe. Here's what I'd say. If I was fantasy booking this yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay Volter anything that he wants, <laughs> and then you have him be the one to just beat the fuck out of Roman Reigns. That's not happening. No. Actually, you know, I could see, I could see them maybe like doing him with with Lashley. Maybe that would be an interesting match. But they're they're not going to do anything with Walter. Um, there, there's no one. There's no one on their roster. They they've got two hundred freaking people here. Maybe that's why Riddle was talking. Nobody? Maybe that's why Riddle was talking all that crap. He's like, you know what? I'm over. I'm over enough right now as RK Bro. You can't just magically fire me because he's got to see those merch numbers. So he's like, you know, I'm over right now. So you can't fire me. And by the time like all this blows over, you're not gonna remember. All you're gonna see is those quarterly freaking T-shirt sales. I bought a fucking RK Bro shirt. Okay. Uh, I just. This is this is it's depressing to see this much talent and and this much good talent. Yeah. That have been so crushed by awful booking and no planning. All right, you know what? 
Shane O'Mac. Let's just make it happen. Just just do it. He's put up. He's put over enough guys over the years. Let him jump. Let him let him finally jump off of a hell in a cell cage and actually hit somebody. Uh, Rollins. No, he's too damaged after the edge loss. Like he's got to He'd have to like. Yeah, he'd have to win the. There's nobody. I'm 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 looking. It's crazy. It's crazy. There's nobody. Damn, you are you're starting to feel ultra and and I'm going through this roster, bro, and it's all like amazing freaking talent. Like all of it's all of it's like dudes who booked correctly. I can mess with them. I, I tell you what. I tell you what. Since Xavier, unless you find Xavier Woods, how about Woods. how about that? Hey, he beat Lashley. That's all I'm gonna say. He he wasn't the one who I got tell, snuff filmed. I tell you what. So let, let's play. Let's do this real quick. So since we both have the roster up, clean slate, right? Clean slate. You can pick. You can pick three guys off of this entire superstar list. Okay. And you at, that you can move to SmackDown and build them up as potential challengers to Reigns between now and WrestleMania. Ooh. Clean slate. You can forget about. You can forget about the the awful nasty booking. Which three are you picking and why? Oh, and if you want, we can go one apiece. That way, it gives you time to kind of leaf through the. Okay, I you asked the question, so I'm gonna let you go first. Who are you picking? Well, I I would start with Keith Lee. Keith Lee, okay. If you, if you go back, if you go back to when Keith Lee was the was the NXT champion, and he had that he had that that three way match with, uh, he ended up he ended up being last with Reigns at Survivor Series a couple of years ago. He had an awesome match with Reigns, and he, he actually he got a close pin on Reigns after that spirit bomb that he does. You know, it, it, and honestly, when he came back um, just a couple weeks ago, it was an opportunity for them to build him up. He was over in NXT. He's got an – I mean, I know he's not the prototypical WWE look, but he's he can move. His, you know, his talking's kind of weird, but whatever. Um I think they could have done a lot with him, and he's fresh and he's different. And they would I have had him beat Reigns? Probably not, because I think that Lee's a little older. Yeah. Um, but that could have been a very interesting buildup, and I think you could have built him up as a credible threat to take the title from Reigns. Okay, that is that is a respectable pick uh, for me. Since we get to forget all the bad booking issues, yeah, you can forget. Forget all of them. Uh, one Drew McIntyre for me because first off, okay. to to compete against the, okay, so for my thing is, and I'm I'm speaking to myself here because I'm like six two one ninety right now, right? Like I'm speaking for myself here. Like I should only wrestle against guys who are maybe up to two twenty, right? Because I've got like dense muscle. Those are the guys I need to compete against. If I am to as a fan who drops money on this shit, is going to believe you. As somebody who could be, to beat Roman Reigns, you have to look the part. I love Drew McIntyre's move set. I wasn't a fan with the stupid fucking sword or the Drew Mahal stuff, but yep. um, or Jinder Mahal stuff, I should say. But yeah, I I would say Drew McIntyre. He's a certified main eventer. He looks good as the champion. He's got that main event move set. Uh, cool Scottish accent. You book him properly. You get him. You get him talking the right way. You get him mixed up with a Paul Heyman too, because by virtue of working with Roman, hey, hey, uh, Paul Heyman's going to work with them. I think it fixes everything. Give me some Drew McIntyre. Okay. Um, Tommaso Ciampa. Ooh. 
What's what is if your you reasoning here? If you haven't had a chance, I mean, he he looks like a freaking killer. I mean, he looks like a serial killer. I mean, he's jacked. He's he, he can wrestle. That man that man can go. His match with with uh, Walter a couple of a couple of months ago was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I I love everything that Tommaso Ciampa does. And I think that again, if you brought him in, he's fresh. He's different. He's got a good look. Mm-hmm. He can talk, and I think you could get him into a into a position where, you know, he could strike some fear into Reigns and 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 actually again look like a credible threat to take the title. I can I can completely respect that. All right, I'm going through the roster, and this is this has to be a raw guy. Personally, no, it doesn't have to be any. It could be anybody. Oh, clean slate. Well. Champa Champa's NXT. So. Champa is NXT, right? But it's to bring somebody into SmackDown, right? So I'm actually gonna go with another guy who's a proven commodity, especially seeing how he commanded the match with Damian Priest at SummerSlam. I'm gonna go Sheamus. You take a you okay. take a Sheamus who was never uh, brought down to the level of United States champion. You freaking book him properly like he was before. I mean, he was a draw when he was the champion. He can carry the title. Um, dude is a hoss. He once again looks like a guy who I can believably, uh, who I can believe could beat Roman Reigns. Move set, Mike skills. Come on, man. He he brought the crowd back. You remember this with the old school double bicep, mm-hmm. and he got us all back that. in I the love match. That. I love he got us all back in that match, man. He put Damian Priest over. Um, get me some Sheamus back in. So my two picks right now are Sheamus and McIntyre. Who's your third pick? Uh, well, my third pick is going to be Reggie. And I think that Reggie is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, my third pick is exactly who I started with, Finn Balor. Yep. And the beautiful thing is, is that up until Friday, they didn't have to, they didn't have to erase anything. Yep. They didn't. They could have just had. I mean, it, they could have had. They could have had Finn Balor come out and do the exact same thing, and then have Reigns' reaction to that be, "You haven't. The, the moment's passed for you, kid. You're not getting a match." And then just have kind of Finn Balor just kind of nipping at his heels a little bit. Yep. The fact that they're rushing into this match, I think, is the only mistake that they're making. And I don't know how they get out of it without damaging Finn Balor again, like I said originally. But that's that. In my mind, that's the one. Who, you know. I went with, you know, I talked, my first two picks were Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa. You know, I think they're fine. They're a little on the older side, I think. But I think Finn Bauer is the one. He was the first Universal Champion. He went back to NXT. He came back. He's kind of, you know, he's slightly rebranded, not entirely, but enough with a little attitude now. All you had to do was not screw it up. And I'm I'm fascinated by Friday. I'm fascinated also. I am going to have a bottle of water and a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and we will see which one empties by the time that main event is over. All right, you know what? Your final pick, sir. My final pick. So to your to what you have mentioned to me many times by talking about how good Matt Riddle was in NXT, I got a chance to look at some of those matches. Now, this is an alternate universe where RK Bro never happened, and it's just Matt Riddle, who was the UFC and- fighter with a winning record who was actually a pretty dominant ufc fighter um now what what was the key thing that i said here if this is somebody so who okay 
go go ahead keep going so what i have what i've said is <laughs> what i've said here is if i i have to as a fan be able to see you and be able to believe that you're the type of guy who could beat roman reigns you as a former ufc fighter uh could beat roman reigns you know i almost said ricochet but i just don't feel like the flow would be there for either of those guys but i feel like with matt's kind of gritty harder style um that's gonna be kind of my uh NXT Matt Riddle is gonna be my my uh, what's what's it called? It's gonna be my sleeper pick. It's gonna be my multiverse pick. Like okay, Sheamus and McIntyre would be in the in the universe. Freaking Matt Riddle would be in the multiverse as a viable threat that maybe you could build up into something that could be a champion. Riddle Riddle's such an interesting one, right? Because I agree with you in terms of you know I love his NXT work. You know, I and I, I'm digging what he's doing now with RK Bro. Yeah. But but Riddle, the stoner douche on the scooter with the freaking birds flying out of his crotch. <laughs> you know he's that that's just mid card forever, right? Yeah. And had they taken and not, I'm not even talking about, you know, Matt Riddle out of NXT because I still would repackage him the way that you said, which is you have him come on, and he can still be a little kind of like, yeah, man, you know, like whatever. But like when the bell rings, boom, he's like a freaking maniac in there, and and like you got Roman Reigns going like, oh shit, like mm, I, I don't want to mess with this guy, you know, like you could Riddle would have been an awesome choice. Riddle would Riddle would have been an awesome choice, yeah, especially. I respect your picks. Those are good, yeah, because those are three guys who you can believe who can beat them. Now there's guys who I like who I would like to see get over, like. Dominic Mysterio, but let's be honest, I have I've been like I'd say five feet away from Roman Reigns. Okay, uh, a guy like Dominic is not beating a Roman Reigns. I'm sorry, Dominic. Dominic's getting ready to commit patricide anyway. So, oh, dude, he's about ready. We're it's inevitable. We are about to witness him versus Ray. It's gonna happen, even though it shouldn't happen. Even though we don't want it to happen, even though it didn't need to happen, um, but you know he had a good showing against Sami Zayn. But then Zayn, freaking being the good heel that he is, basically fucking teabagged him in the way you would a fucking video game after you shot somebody, right? Basically teabags him after the fucking match. <laughs> They're burying this kid, and the problem is, if I'm a wrestler, I'm not committing to any long-term story plans because goddamn, look what they did to freaking Bianca Belair. But are they really burying Dominic right now? I don't know. So okay, go. So so if he if he if he's losing, right? Which he should. He's a rook, you know. Yeah. He's a kid, and now he's starting to like you know, you know, have issues with his dad, and eventually he turns heel, and then he should start winning some matches, right? So like you know, like he realized like this is not the way. Like I got to do my own thing. You're holding me back. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I could see that, but part of me was like, I, I was picturing kind of a Ricky Steamboat run for this kid to where he just went his entire career as a babyface because there's really no reason to go. Here's the thing. I don't believe him as a heel. Like I think with how he is, how he moves, his talent, his, his, you know, his in-ring charisma, I would say you don't really need to make him a heel. I don't believe him as a babyface or, or a heel. I think he's just somebody who's you know, glad to be there with his dad. And I think that eventually he's going to get 
he's going to get heat with that because that audience is going to rip him up and and you know spit him out dude that audience was ripping him up and spitting him out remember remember SummerSlam? how he was in the outside of the ring for like freaking what felt like five minutes and people were legit irritated by it they were like dude yeah. get up and get in that ring but well, you know, that that's how it was booked, I'm assuming. But, um, you know, I think that and I think that that'll end up coming back to play. It, it's, you know, he's he's learning. You know, I wouldn't rush into him turning heel because I don't think that there's enough stock in him right now. Yeah. And I certainly, you know, if, if the idea is, to, is for Ray to sacrifice himself to Dominic because, you know, hey, I want my son to be over and, and whatever. I think that fans are not stupid and we'll see through that. Yeah. And besides, again, what happens after right who who is big bad heel rape or dominic mysterio going to be going after nakamura well i mean Oops. reggie nah i mean like, I, yeah I that that's the thing there's there's no wwe booking like, to your credit they used to do things like you said wrestlemania 4 to wrestlemania 5 very clear plan very precise you know precise execution now it just feels like you got 27 writers in a room who just throw out random ideas every week. And it's like, okay, let's go with that. Okay, let's go with that. And no one's looking at the very end of the picture like, okay, how are we going to bring this story to an end? Because even during the Attitude Era, they always had an ending. They had a new beginning immediately after, but they at least had valid endings to a lot of things. Whether you loved them or you hated them, Vince McMahon being the head of the power, <laughs> you know, the head of the... Yeah, but 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 even but even think back to you know like Bret Hart and Owen Hart, yeah. right? So you know they, they start sprinkling seeds of that at the survive at the '93 Survivor Series, um, and then it goes into the '94 Rumble where they're tagging together, and then they have the the falling out where you know Owen kicks his leg. But but again, what was the longer term arc? That night they have Bret come back, he wins the Rumble. He's still got the thing going on with Owen, but now he's in the title picture. They go to WrestleMania 10. He loses to Owen at the beginning of the match. Yep. Owen has his moment. But again, Brett outshines him at the end yes. because he wins the world title. But even after that, I mean, you could have dropped it then, but then what happens? Then they go into King of the Ring. Owen Hart wins the King of the Ring. Then they go into SummerSlam. They have a they have the cage match for the world title. There, there was a long plan. Yep with multiple art with multiple levels where you know brett's doing his thing with owen but brett's also the world going for the world title and and it made sense when they you know like owen gets ahead of him just for a moment and then he comes back down and then owen comes back and he wins the king of the ring and it's just you know is, is that the plan with dominic no the plan with dominic is going to be he's going to jump his dad he's going to pin him in a match and then he's going to be you know just nameless heel x you know losing matches to freaking you know whoever ricochet because he needs because money in the bank's up the road i'm so down on their booking i'm so down about it <laughs> all right we're gonna I just want shit to make sense we are gonna end this on a high note everybody we started off this this podcast on a happy note then we talked wwe booking and then it slowly sours everything and we were just up on SmackDown not three weeks ago, bro. I need a drink. God damn it. All they had to do was just not fuck it up, but they chose to fuck it up. That's just, that's kind of well, the way they go. They roll. Uh, again, again, we, we'll see how Friday goes. Maybe they will pull a rabbit out of the hat that they intentionally drilled a hole into. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. But anyways, folks, we've gone on for one and a half hours with no audio issues today. That is 
That is a new record for us. I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to hit the refresh button. But Steve, that's outstanding. I think there are brighter days, and one of those brighter days is listening to us, who watches all this professional wrestling, so you don't have to, or people who share that opinion with you. So, if you want to be a part of this community that is ever growing, we are the fastest growing independent bodybuilder hosted pro wrestling podcast on the internet no i'm just being funny here thank god we're not number two in that community we crush everyone else in that eight word community that we just came eight up word with. community well that's what they said in radio it's like hey you know if you really want to be impressive you what you say is you're the fastest growing blah 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 like you don't say you're number one you're the fastest growing did we not get more likes in, while in the midst of the of the recording here we did get more likes we got more likes we got more follows we got more chat we got a lot of everything going on here so folks if you want this to ha- we need we love putting this content together for you folks but we need your help if you ever watch this just be sure to hit the follow button if you're on twitch if you're on youtube please hit that subscribe button and the notification bell um, and then we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere else. If you love what you see, give us one of those five-star reviews. And if you don't love what you see, maybe just keep your opinion to yourself so that you don't mess up the algorithm. Uh, Steve, is there anything that you would like to promote, sir? No. I would like to promote Jack Slammer Fitness. Jack Slammer Fitness <laughs> is awesome. He knows what he's doing. He will get you in shape. He will get you looking ready for the beach. If you want a, if you want a six pack, if you want to stop drinking the six pack, if you want to be more fuckable, whatever it is that you want to do, he's the man that can take care of you. I will segue into his self-promotion, but I'm telling you, it's the real deal. Absolutely get with this man. He will help you be your best self. Thank you so, so much for that glowing recommendation. I want to help you folks lose some weight, put on some muscle, or, as Steve just said, increase your fuckability by about one to two points on the Richter scale. So if that sounds like something you want to do, please go to jackslammer.com. Mention this podcast to me in the comments section when you do the intake form, and I will hook you up with an awesome deal this week. Follow us on TikTok at the, at the Slammer Bros. Follow us on Instagram at the Slammer Bros. And until next time, we love you and goodbye.